On last Sunday, we began to lay a foundation for our relationship series, and we talked about being single versus being alone. Uh, we talked about uh, being whole as a person, as an individual, because we know that two halves don't make a whole, is two whole people equals one. Um, so we have to become whole individually uh, if we expect to be uh, one with somebody else. Each of us have to make sure um, that we do our piece and making sure we allow God to work on us. Uh, we talked about um, the desire for relationship, is particularly in women, uh, and why it is that um, you all desire uh, to be with a mate so bad. We talked about um, the three Ps. Uh, we talked about the three categories of singleness, and most singles fall in one of uh, one or more categories uh, of the three Ps. If you missed any of that, um, you can go to uh, pastorjackson.org and you can watch the uh, entire message in its entirety. You need to get that um, so that you will have the foundation in which we laid uh, for this series. But on tonight, we are moving on to, to our second message in our series, uh, Ready to Be Found ready uh, to be found. So tonight we are going to cover uh, Adam and uh, how it is that uh, Adam knew that Eve was the one. Uh, we're going to talk about Esther and how um, she prepared herself for her king. Uh, and we're going to discuss the three signs uh, of being ready to be in a relationship. The three signs of being ready to be in a relationship. I think that it has become evident um, that too many people, both Christians and non-Christians, uh, enter into relationships, uh, enter into marriages um, before they are fully ready to be in one. Amen. Would you say amen? amen? Some of us here probably wish that we had uh, made better decisions or been better prepared before being in some of the relationships that we probably have been in, uh, or we wish that our mate had been better prepared um, for that uh, relationship. And the common ideal is that, you know, nobody is perfect, and, and indeed nobody is perfect, and it does not take perfect people to be in a successful relationship. So it do, a relationship does not take perfection, um, but it does take preparation. Uh, and so that's what we're going to dive into and understand that um, so that we can get that, because if we enter into a relationship um, before it is time, um, we are asking for heartache. We are asking for uh, trouble if we enter into one before it is time. Uh, if you link up with somebody before um, they are ready, you're going to have to deal with their mess uh, in the meantime while God is working on them. It's like if, you, if, if, if God is working on a person and they're not supposed to be ready until 2011, and you hook up with them in 2009, you're going to have two years of purity hell um, dealing with them because they were not ready when you hooked up with them. Will you say amen? amen. So uh, we got to make sure uh, that we get uh, that down. We got that down packed because I know some of us probably wish that we had waited. Some of us probably been in some relationship. We wish that we had just stayed out of that one. Um, but uh, we wish that we had. But uh, we, I'm going to try to help you on tonight. Uh, and I want to go back and I want to look at uh, Adam. We looked at Adam and Eve last week. And I told you all that uh, Adam knew how to be single. Uh, so go back and, and watch that message if you miss it. But um, I, if we look at Adam and Eve before the fall, uh, I think they give us a good example of how this whole relationship thing is supposed to work. So uh, in Genesis, the uh, second chapter, uh, all you all should have a, your, uh, ref, your scripture reference sheet. Uh, we'll be reading from the NIV version. The Bible says in Genesis, the second chapter, in verse 21 and verse 22, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. It says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to uh, the man. 
Now, uh, on last week, we talked about uh, how, how Adam has success because he rested in God. And here, uh, again, we see in the scripture that Adam was resting in God um, while his wife was being created. Adam was resting. The Bible says that God uh, caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam while he made Eve. Um, so again, Adam was resting uh, while uh, he was working on his wife. And the Bible says now uh, when God had made a woman, now the, the word made is past tense, meaning that God had completed the work he started on Eve. So while God was resting, while Adam was resting, uh, God was working. And oftentimes the same way in which he does in our lives, when we're resting, when, we're, when we ain't doing nothing, God is always working. We got a 24 uh, seven. God. He's always working. He's always looking out for us. us. He's always doing things uh, on our behalf. Um, so uh, Adam was resting in God while, he, while, while God was working on his wife. Uh, and when she was finished, uh, the Bible says that he brought her to the man. It says that when, uh, in other words, when she was made, when she was complete, when he had finished the work on her, then he brought her unto the man. So in other words, he brought her unto Adam when she was finished. Tell your neighbor, say, when she was finish. Look, we got to get to a point where we allow God to finish what it is that he started in us. And so we don't get ahead of him and try to jump out there before we're fully ready uh, for all the things that God is doing. So he brought her unto man. He presented her uh, unto, he presented to Adam what it is that he had created. Um, so, and it, but it was after Eve was finished. Uh, a lot of us have not uh, found uh, that person uh, or what have you yet uh, be, or we have not been presented yet because uh, God uh, is not ready to present us. God will not present you unto your uh, your mate until you are ready. I'm telling you, we, we, that's the type of God that we serve. Until God knows that you're going to be able to do the right thing, that you're going to treat him like a king, that you're going to do the things in which he tells you to do in your relationship, until he knows that, he's not going to present you. So he cannot present you until he is finished with you. Now, now mind you, it's him doing the work and not you. Amen. All right, so in other words, Amen. you, you got to stop working on yourself and, and allow God to work on you. Oh, my God. So in other words, you got to stay on the potter's wheel and let God do what it is, uh, fix you up the way he feels like he should fix you up instead of you you fixing the stuff that you think you need to fix. A lot of times you fixing the wrong stuff. God is saying you think you got a problem there, but you really got a problem here. You just don't know it yet because you're single. See, when you get into a relationship, you'll find out that you have problems that you didn't know you had. And so God uh, is the is the perfecter. He's able to see those things that we can't see so he can help us uh, to, to reveal those things that we really need to square away before we are able to get uh, into uh, a relationship. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you what you came for. How do you know when you're ready to be in a relationship? When God says you're ready to be in a relationship. <laughs> when, when God gets finished with you and he says you're ready, then that's how you know when you're ready. Because he'll tell you uh, exactly when you are ready. When you are ready, God will give you uh, his stamp of approval. Uh, when you are ready, when you are ready, God will unveil you unto your mate uh, as a CCW, as a certified Christian woman, uh, when you're ready. I'm telling you, if you allow him, he'll clean you up. He'll get you all fixed up. He'll get you ready to go. Uh, and then he will present you unto uh, your mate. Yeah, you'll be a certified uh, Christian uh, woman if you allow God to just work on you uh, and do the things uh, in which he desires you. Uh, again, he will clean you up uh, and he will make you better. So uh, because God has the power to do those things, because he has the power to clean you up and to fix you up, uh, it don't matter about your past. It don't matter stuff you've done. It don't matter stuff you've been with. It don't matter about past relationships. None of that stuff matters. It don't matter how much money you get. It don't matter about none of that. I'm telling you, if you allow God to get a hold of you, I'm telling you, God can work a miracle in your life. I'm telling you, he can take you and just shake you up and just turn you over and just make you over. I'm telling you, you will come out as an, I promise you, you will come out 
gold. Think about this. Listen, listen, listen. Eve started out as a rib, but when God was finished with her, she was a wife. Okay, come on now. Listen, listen. Eve started out as a rib, but when God was finished with her, she was a wife. I'm telling you, it don't matter where you are. If you allow God to work on you, there ain't nothing that God uh, cannot do. Now, uh, a lot of times, uh, when, especially as it relates to the men, um, that the man has to be uh, woken up. Listen, Adam did, not, uh, Adam did not see Eve until God was finished with her. He, he was resting in God, so he never saw Eve during the creation process. And see, sometimes you wonder why, 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 why the person you think should be noticing you ain't noticing you, but he can't notice you until he gets woken up by God. In other words, well, God gives him a spiritual eye to see you, but he can't see you because God hadn't unveiled you, and God hadn't unveiled you because you might not be ready yet. So, so, so we got to understand that the, the man has to be uh, woken up uh, from the resting with God to be able to see you. Um, now, to be able to see you for who you really are he has to be able he has to be looking at you with spiritual eyes listen 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 if if he don't have he won't he cannot see your the 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 spirit man that God has created in you if he's not looking with spiritual eyes he won't have spiritual eyes if he don't have the spirit of God so 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 we got to make sure uh, that we understand that in other words if, if you hook up with a person with natural eyes he'll only see you in the natural so in other words, he'll see your big behind, he'll see your big breast, but he won't see your big purpose because he's in the natural. He can't, he can't see that. He can't see the spiritual side of you. The only thing he can see is the natural uh, if we hook up somebody that do not have a spiritual eyes. Now, again, uh, I did not say, I said a man, uh, that, uh, a, a man that has the spirit of God. I didn't say somebody that's saved. I didn't say a man that's in church. I said a man that has the spirit of God. In other words, a man that has the fear of God in him can see things that man, a man with the natural eyes cannot see. You see, we got to make sure we understand that. Yes, now, 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 Eve, now, she uh, being prepared by God and waiting on God to do what it is uh, that he was doing uh, while Adam was resting. Uh, when Eve, when God did present uh, Eve, when he did finally unveil her, when he said, okay, Eve, uh, you're ready. Uh, Eve did not run up flirting with Adam. Eve did not run over to Adam and tell Adam, uh, well, uh, God said that you were my husband, and so uh, you're supposed to marry me because uh, I saw it in a dream and in a vision, so you need to uh, come on, put a ring on my finger. See, Eve, Eve did not do that. See, Eve, listen, Eve did not do that. Uh, God revealed unto Adam uh, naturally by the, because natural Adam was spiritual, so he understood the spiritual nature of the person in which uh, God had presented uh, unto him. Unto him. Uh, so Eve didn't have to do that because God uh, put that knowledge in his heart. Listen, when a man is spiritual, God is able to speak to him uh, to, through, through not supernaturally. He's able to speak to a spirit man, uh, which allows him to hear spiritual things and to see spiritual things. You remember Think about this. You remember Joseph. You remember Joseph now. All of a sudden, Joseph was with Mary, and all of a sudden, Mary came up pregnant, and Joseph is saying in his mind, I hadn't, I hadn't slept with this woman, so how it is, how is it that this woman is now pregnant? So God had to speak unto Joseph to tell Joseph, yes, she is your wife. I'm doing something there. So so now, uh, Joseph had to be spiritual. He had to 
have a spiritual mind to understand that, to know what to, to be able to even hear God, because a man in a natural would have assumed that she had she had uh, just stepped out on him and he would not have uh, been willing to uh, forgive her and receive her. But because uh, Joseph was spiritual, because he had an ear to hear the word of God, God was able to impart in his heart what it is that he was doing in the life of Mary. So the question I pose to you today, uh, women, is uh, are, you, are you finished becoming all that God wants you to be? Are you finished becoming all that God wants you to be? And to our, and to our men uh, that, that, that may be watching, uh, are you seeing through your spiritual eyes and hearing through your spiritual ears? Are you seeing through your spiritual eyes and hearing through your spiritual ears? We, we got to have uh, those two things in place. Now, uh, let's jump over to Esther. I want you all to, 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 to get a look at Esther. Uh, and we understand that uh, in the book of Esther, in the first chapter, we found out that Vashti uh, was, uh, was being kicked out of the kingdom because uh, she disrespected the king. And so the king uh, sent, uh, went on a search to find, uh, to replace her uh, and to find another king. Uh, and then we, then we see Mordecai uh, who comes on the scene. And Mordecai has a cousin who he has adopted because uh, he, she didn't have uh, parents around. And so he adopted her. And when this opportunity presented itself, um, then uh, uh, Esther began a preparation process uh, to be able to uh, have the opportunity to be uh, with the king. Uh, now, her preparation was just for her to be a candidate to be considered. She had to prepare herself just to be considered. It wasn't even a guarantee that she was going to be the queen, but she had to go in pre preparation as if she was going to be the queen. Listen, you had to begin to prepare as if you know you're going to be the queen. See, a lot of times you think that you're going to wait until you get in a relationship to change. You think you're going to wait until you get in a relationship to be different and do different. It don't work like that. She was in preparation. I want to show you some of the things that uh, some of the preparation that she had to go to uh, go through uh, to to become uh, the uh, the queen or, or in that uh, Esther, the second chapter. Uh, and it's on your reference sheet, uh, Esther, the second chapter. Uh, we're going to read first uh, verses 12 and verses 13. Uh, and the Bible says uh, in, the in the 12th verse, before a girl uh, turned, uh, came into King Xerxes, uh, he had to, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the woman, six months with oil of mirth, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her and with her with her from the Harlem to the king's uh, palace. Now, um, here, here we see uh, Esther had to spend an entire year in preparation. Uh, she had to be in preparation an entire year. Uh, during this preparation, she was secluded because they went into the Harlem. They went up into the king's palace where he kept all the, all the women he were considering. Um, so she had to get blocked off. She had to get excluded uh, from, uh, secluded from anybody uh, else outside of that, anybody that wasn't trying to do what it is that she was trying to do. So in other words, uh, all the girls that did not think that they could be queen or did not want to be queen, uh, she had to leave them alone during that year so she can get her mind, her mind focused on getting herself prepared for her king. Now, so you gotta, you gotta understand, I'm telling you, especially you women, because you all tend to have a, a lot of friends and things of that nature, and people and other women that you talk to, what have you, uh, and everybody has their own opinion about certain things, because I imagine there were some women out there that felt like you crazy going up in there, trying to uh, show off in front of him to see if he's gonna pick you. I imagine that there were some people who told her that he ain't gonna pick you, you ain't gonna be no uh, queen of, of, the, uh, of the kingdom, he ain't gonna pick you, you just wasting your time, you finish, I imagine there 
there were some people who tried to convince Esther that she could not be uh, the queen uh, during that time. So, uh, so there was a point of separation uh, when she went up there and she had to stay there for six months. Now, uh, during that six months, the Bible says she was soaked in oil of mirth and six months in other uh, perfumes. Now, uh, the, 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 the ideal of this was, you got to think, there were women came from everywhere to try to uh, be the queen. So there were women from different provinces uh, of the country uh, who had their own way of doing things. There were women who had different, other different type of perfumes that they, that they used and things of that nature. Well, when they went in, they had to uh, go through this preparation process to get all that old stuff off of them. So in other words, they could not have no trace of the old stuff that they used to do before they went before the king. So they had so during that during that preparation process, everybody had to smell a certain way uh, and to look a certain way uh, and to fit in a certain way because uh, that old stuff, because everybody had so much stuff uh, they were bringing in. Uh, so a lot of times we got to understand that when we get ready to move into a new season and do some different things, we can't bring a lot of that old stuff with us. Listen, a, a lot of times we have a old old ways of doing things. We have old old ways of meeting guys. We have old ways of dating, old ways of being in relationships, but there has to come a time when we begin to do things uh, in new ways, under new light, the way that God has told us to do it. Most of us have tried it on our own already with not much success. So now we got to get to a point where we try it God's way and let God's way and let's see if we have better success than we had doing it our own way. So, uh, so, so all these women have to shed off all the old way, uh, their old way of smelling, their old way of dressing, their old way of doing things because they could not bring, uh, they could not uh, put new wine into old wine skin. Luke, uh, the fifth chapter, and we understand that and we got to know that. So that's why you got to understand that as God makes you over, as God makes you a new thing, as God creates you, creating you a new person, you can't bring all that old stuff, your old knowledge, your old ways, your old history, all the stuff that you heard, you can't bring all that stuff into the new you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So he was creating. She had to. She had to let uh, remove all traces uh, of her old of her, her her old life. In Esther, the second chapter, uh, verses thirteen uh, through thir thirteen, fifteen, and seventeen, we're going to read, and it says, and uh, in verse thirteen, it says, "This is how she would go to the king." Anything she wanted was given to her with her from the Harlem to the king's place. Now, to make a note, a mental note of that, um, the Bible says that anything she wanted that she could have. In verse 15, it says, when the turn came for Esther, the girl Mordecai had adopted the daughter of his uncle Abihel to go to the king. She asked for nothing other than what uh, Haggai, the king's Enoch, was in charge of them, of the Harlem suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone uh, who she saw. Now, uh, this is uh, Esther again, and, and the Bible says that she was able to ask uh, whatever she wanted because she was favored. She could just say, oh, well, this is what I wanted uh, in there because I, obviously she was probably like in the top five at that point. So she was like, oh, say she's probably going to get picked uh, out of them. She could ask whatever now notice what uh, Esther asked. Uh, Esther said, "Look, she asked for nothing, so she didn't go. She didn't get crazy. She didn't run out. She said she asked for nothing but whatever it is that uh, Haggai, uh, the king's Enoch, uh, who was in charge of Harlem, suggested." So in other words, she said she said the Enoch. Now uh, uh, Haggai was uh, basically he he ran the Harlem. So all the women that came in, he was over all the women for the king. So naturally, he had he kind of knew what the king liked and things of that nature. And so and the Bible says that she won favor with everybody she around. I imagine. 
imagine that uh, I imagine that Esther had a real nice attitude and a real nice person, a uh, pleasant person to be around. Because if she won favor with everybody she was around, so that t- that tells me that uh, one, the way in which she carried herself, the way in which she did things, and so we got to be mindful about that. The things what you say, how we say them, our attitude, the way we look, the way we dress, all that stuff. You had to be mindful of because people are watching you. So so Esther went in. And she said whatever. She said whatever Haggai suggested. So in other words, she was seeking. Uh, she was seeking uh, the advice of somebody who knew. She was seeking the advice of somebody who knew. She said, Haggai now, Haggai had to know the king because Haggai was the one who was there, who was, uh, you know, helping the king uh, pick, pick somebody uh, and to find uh, a, mate, uh, a wife uh, or queen uh, for the kingdom. And so uh, she went to Haggai and Haggai, and she said whatever he suggested because Haggai knew what it is she would, she would need. So in other words, she didn't go in. She didn't go in trying to bring in what she thought she should go before the king with. She said, look. It, this is the new me after I've been in this 12 months, this entire year of preparation. So I'm going, I want to go in with what I need to go in with, not with what I think I should go in with. So in other words, I'm trying to have a relationship with the king, but I can't go in with what I think the king wants. I have to, I, I want to know what really is what he really wants. See, a lot of times we make so many different assumptions about what somebody else wants, and oftentimes we get it wrong. We know what they say when you, when you make an assumption, you make a, you know, and so y'all got it right. So uh, we got to make sure. Uh, so so she went in. And she sought the advice. Now listen. Anytime you take advice from anybody, you got to make sure they have three qualities: that they have knowledge, that they have objectivity, and that they have success. Yeah. That they have knowledge, they have objectivity, and they have success. Listen. You don't. You need to find you. If you're trying to be in a successful marriage, which I imagine if you're trying to be in a relationship, you want you trying to be in a marriage one day and have a kid and live happy ever after. If that's your case, you need to find somebody that's already in a successful relationship. Listen, you can't be taking all your advice from people who hadn't been able to make it work. Listen, and I'm not saying no because there are so many different reasons why relationships don't work. But I'm telling you, it's like it's kind of like if you want to be rich, you don't go to the poorest person you know. You go for you go to the person that you know has the most money. If you want to be rich, well, considering that you want to be in a successful relationship, you need to find somebody uh, that you can model after, that you can begin to talk to and take advice from, somebody that has some success with the advice in which they're giving you. Because everybody got an opinion. So, so, so Esther went in, uh, and she took the advice of Haggai, and she went in with what he suggested that she could take in because he was more knowledgeable about where she was going, and he knew he could look ahead and know that, hey, when you get there, these things are going to take place. These things are going to happen, and so this is how you need to dress. This is what you need to put on, and you need to make sure uh, that you, if you go in this way, you're going to have the greatest chance of success. So when we go into a marriage, we have to look and see what the, our God is saying unto us, what the Word of God says that will give us the greatest chance of success when we enter into uh, a relationship. Now, the three signs, the three uh, signs of relationship readiness. The three signs of relationship readiness. Number one, you have to be ready for a commitment. You have to be ready for a commitment. A commitment is just an agreement or a pledge to do something in the future. An agreement or a pledge to do something in the future. Listen, the, the, the first thing is that when we make commitment, what have you, it's not something that we're going to be doing now. It's something that we're saying that we're going to 
going to continue to do uh, later on down the road. A lot of times people uh, make a commitment, but they make a commitment for the now. They make a commitment for the, the, the season in which they're in, the, the person that they're with right now, but they have not made a commitment for the future. And that's why you see so many, uh, so many relationships don't work because they weren't thinking about the future. They were thinking about the now. They were thinking about, I can get in a relationship with you. I can have sex with you. We can have fun. I can, I can have my desires met. But they wasn't thinking about the future. A commitment is something you're saying that in the future, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to be committed to I'm going to be committed to doing this uh, in the future. And that's what uh, and that's what a commitment is. Now that now you first. So so number one sign uh, that you're ready is that you're willing uh, to make a commitment. Now, the first commitment has to be to God. God must remain first even after you get him. Listen, see, because it's, 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 you know how it is when it's easy to go to God when things ain't right. When things out of order, when you're feeling bad, when stuff ain't going right, you stay on your knees all day long. But it seemed like as soon as everything turned around, it seemed like you don't spend as much time with God. And see, what will happen is as a single person, you'll spend your time praying about your mate. And then when you get them, you don't, you don't spend your time praying about the relationship that you're currently in. All of a sudden now, my, my mind was focused on God when I was trying to get them. But then once I got them, now I got more time for him than I do for God. So, so, so first, I must be committed first unto God before uh, in, in my commitment, and then I must be committed to my mate. Then I must be committed to my mate. So in other words, I'm telling God that in the future, I'm still going to keep you first. No matter who you send my way, no matter when I get married, how many kids I have, I'm saying to you, God, I'm making a commitment that no matter who comes into my life, you're going to be first in the future. And then a commitment to yourself uh, once, a commitment to your mate saying, hey, uh, because what happens is, you know what I mean? You know how they say you never know somebody until you live with them? I'm telling you, when you meet your mate, there's a lot of things you still got to get to know about them. I'm telling you, even when you become friends and things of that nature, we're going to talk about that on next week, uh, on becoming friends and things of that nature before you progress into a relationship. But you got to understand that there are still going to be some things that there are not going to be. There going to be some things you find out years down the road in the relationship. I'm telling you, you're not going. It, it's impossible to find out everything about a person when you first meet them. So it's going to be uh, further down the road. So you got to make a commitment, uh, even when you find out stuff about them that you don't like. See, because naturally you don't let all your dirty laundry out to your mate when you first meet them. You don't, you don't, you don't tell them everything. You don't tell them about your little pet peeves and like the little, the little crazy stuff you like to do when ain't nobody else around. You don't tell them about all that type of stuff. But when you get into a serious relationship, that person began to find out those little things that you hid in the beginning. But that commitment says that even when I find those things out, I'm still willing to love you. I'm still willing to be with you. That's what a commitment says. Y'all ever heard that marriage takes work? That's for real. That ain't just no cliche. I'm telling you, marriage takes work. So once I get married, then I got to work on the marriage. I have to work on the relationship once I get into it. Getting into it is the easy part. I mean, y'all know, y'all know, like I know you can go out there and get in a relationship today if you wanted to. You can jump online and, and meet somebody or do whatever. You, that's the easy part. But, but, but maintaining that relationship and being able to continue and committing to working on that relationship is often where the problem comes in. Now, with that commitment, if you meet somebody that's not ready to make a commitment, then that person is not ready to be with you. Let me say that again. If you meet somebody that is not ready to make a commitment, then that person is not ready to be with you. Listen, so many people make excuses, especially women. Y'all tend to make excuses for us, especially when we, when we don't want to make a commitment. If somebody tells you point out blank that, look, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to make a commitment. Why are you wasting your time? 
And oftentimes we go along expecting and thinking that they're going to change and things of that nature. But you can save yourself from heartache when you, when you find out that they're not made it ready to make a commitment unto you. You can, you, can, you can save yourself from heartache. And a lot of times, especially with men, because we the ones typically struggle with it, typically women, you all, when, when you find somebody, if a man get for real about you, you typically are able to go ahead and get for real about him. We the one really struggle with commitment and being able to say, well, I'm ready to settle down. Stuff like that. We, men typically struggle with that. And a lot of times, uh, we struggle with making a commitment to women because we struggle, we have struggled with making a commitment to God. I'm telling you, until, until a man first makes a commitment to God, he, he will never be able to make a commitment to you and the reason being is because he won't know how to love you until he knows how to love God first he cannot know love unless he knows God so now God told the man to love your wife uh, more than yourself well how he gonna love you like that if he don't even know what love is so you wonder why he ain't loving you like he should why he ain't taking care of you he only he don't know what to do how to do it because he's not in tune with God so we gotta we gotta make sure we get that. Um, and so, but when we get when a man gets into him and die, he understands about he and he gets to a point where he he's ready uh, to be uh, committed first unto God, then unto woman. I'm telling you because when he gets that God, when, when he gets in tune with God, God will reveal to him his purpose. And see, once a man knows his purpose, he realizes how much he needs woman to fulfill it. Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna go ahead and just tell y'all. Get cats out of the bag. I know I'm gonna lose my player card for this, but we really, we really do need y'all. I'm serious. Like we really, really, really need y'all. I know we be trying to act hard and trying to act tough, and we act like we don't need y'all, but we really do need y'all. See, y'all will tell us y'all lonely. We be lonely, but just won't say nothing. We be missing y'all, but just won't say nothing. Some we need y'all just, and I, and I understand because I know what it is that God has called me to do, and I know the role that my wife plays in helping me do what it is that God called me to do. And when a man has a purpose from God, and he's walking in that purpose, he realizes how much help he really needs. And I'm telling you, when he gets to that point, I'm telling you, he will grab you up so fast because he's going to need the help to do all that God called him to do. He'll, he'll get to that point. Now, uh, number two, the second sign uh, of relationship readiness. When you are no longer selfish. When you are no longer selfish. Listen, uh, a lot of y'all have been single uh, for some time. And so during that whole time, uh, you have had uh, the time and the opportunity to become selfish. So only thing you've been thinking about, only thing you've been thinking about is you. Uh, however, long you've been, however long you've been single, uh, the only thing you've been thinking about is you. So you have had time to become selfish, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. Because the only thing, when you think about eating, unless you got kids, it's all about you. And when you think about dressing yourself, it's all about you. When you think about what time you get up, what time you go to bed, it is all about you. You spend your money on you, you, and you. So you got to make, and that's because, listen, because you have had that time to become selfish. So when we get to a point where we become selfish and not selfish, then we may be ready to be in a relationship. Listen, I just told y'all that uh, being in a relationship is going to take work. Being in a marriage is going to take work. And a part of that is, is stop, uh, stop thinking about yourself so much and start thinking about somebody else. Start thinking about your mate more uh, than you think about yourself. A, lot of, a good indicator of whether or not you do that or not is whether you're trying to make uh, uh, married decisions at a single person. I, I, I hear people all the time, especially women, y'all good for saying how many kids you is or you ain't going to have. Listen, you can't have no kids by yourself. So in other words, listen, y'all got to get this now. In other words, that's a collective decision. I don't care whether, I don't care about your past relationships. I don't care about the relationship you've been in for. I don't care how many kids you already got. If you're still trying to find somebody, how are you going to make a married decision, a collective decision by yourself? That's selfish. 
Because, because when you say, I'm not going to have a, a child, no matter who comes my way, then that means you're saying that you don't care what he wants, you only care about what you want. <laughs> so, and that's, and that's what it is. Because you never know, you never know who's going to come your way. So we got to the point where we're thinking, where we're thinking about somebody else. Now, by all means, if you got kids and he got kids and y'all come to an agreement that y'all not going to have no kids, then y'all good to go. But you can't, you can't go over talking about what you is and what you ain't going to do. That just ain't no one that's not a place for a woman to do that to a man just tell him what she ain't going to do. Especially when his man is telling you that he's trying to be committed to you, he's trying to work with you, he, he want to be with you, and you're going to tell him what you ain't going to do? You better have them kids. So now, number three. So number two, so number one, we have to make a commitment. Number two is uh, when you're no longer selfish. And number three, uh, signs of being readiness, uh, uh, relationship readiness is expectation. Expectation. So we got to be, uh, one, we got to be expecting uh, a mate because when we, are, when we have expectation, we begin to do things based on that expectation. So in other words, we began to prepare ourselves like Esther did because she had an expectation that she would one, ba- one day be the queen. So she prepared herself with that expectation. Um, so in other words, we talked about, we talked about last, se- last week is one, having faith. I'll tell you, it's because it takes faith to be single. One, having faith to believe that God that your mate is out there somewhere and God just hadn't unveiled you unto him uh, and maybe he's not seeing you right now uh, one having faith for that and being able to intercede on his behalf so having because of that expectation you'll begin to pray for him uh, and you'll begin to intercede on his behalf because you want the best for him because when you're praying for the best for him you all become one in essence you're praying for the best for you so so in understanding that you got to have the expectation now with that expectation you got to stop lying you, you, you got to stop lying and stop saying that you don't want to be with nobody when you really do. You got to stop saying, I don't want to be with no relationship. I don't want. See, there's a difference between single and satisfied and single and bitter. See, you got because if you get to a point where you got so, you know, things that was so bad in the past relationships that now I say I can't seem to get past that. And so now I got this block in front of me that's keeping me from moving into a successful relationship because of the things that has happened in the past. So we got to stop lying to ourselves. Listen, you got to stop lying. If you, if you want to be in a relationship, you need to start speaking that thing. Because, listen, how, how are you going to have faith to be in a relationship if, at one side, if one, on one side of you are saying, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship, or are you speaking that thing? Listen, uh, Proverbs 8.21 says that uh, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So, listen, when you're speaking, I don't want to be with nobody. I don't want to have a mate. In other words, what you are doing, you are speaking death unto your husband. When you say, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be with nobody, I don't wanna be in a relationship when you know in your heart that you really do. Plus, if you're saying stuff like that, I know you're not interceding. If you're saying stuff like that, I know you're not praying for them. If you're saying stuff like that, I know you ain't got no faith for them. So you gotta be careful about the things what you say because if you keep saying that stuff, you'll start believing that type of stuff. So you gotta have expectation uh, of the person who in which God uh, is going to uh, bring into your life. But the thing about expectation is that expectation breeds disappointment. And so uh, it, because we don't, uh, if we don't expect nothing, then we know that we cannot be disappointed. And so what happens is a lot of times we don't have an expectation for a mate, so that way we won't be disappointed. We won't be disappointed. And so we have to move past that because uh, if we don't expect nothing, that means we don't have nothing. And then what will happen is we'll become satisfied with nothing. We'll become satisfied with being by ourselves when we really want to be with somebody because we don't have an expectation for the things in which we, de- we believe in God to do. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? So we got to get that. So uh, you have to be uh, first committed. Um, then uh, we have to be uh, 
no longer selfish. Uh, and then third, we have to have expectation uh, for the person we're believing uh, God uh, to bring into our life. Now, so, so what is the natural progression of a relationship? Um, there are three steps. And that's what we're going to cover Sunday uh, in our next message. Uh, step one, uh, step two, and step three.